We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. on everybody and what welcome up? back to no other pod this is like our second to last preseason no other pod of 2020 oh damn so that's exciting but uh he's dan i'm jimmy what's up y'all dan how's it going dude going well man going real well we had a little uh you and i had a little chat about how much we just hate going to the movies because people uh text on their phone all the times and uh oh my god i just want to put out a little psa if you're one of those garbage people I will fight you. <laughs> I will. I have yeah. a special set of skills, and I will find you, and I will fight you. It sucks because I like we both have the AMC A list, and sure. it's really fun to go see like all of these new movies because we both really like movies, and so it's a good time. And then you get there, and people either one don't shut up, two don't stop texting, or three like happened to me yesterday. You got a group of eight teenagers trying to sit in six different seats, won't shut up, won't stop getting off their phones. <laughs> Somebody in the theater turns around, tells them to shut the hell up. A fight almost broke out, and I left the theater and was like, I'm not trying to get shot. As yeah. two cops were coming in. So Jimmy's like, yeah. I ain't catching a bullet. I'll come see Knives Out another time. <laughs> right? Yeah. I was like, I, it's it's not that. You know, literally, this all happened within the first fifteen minutes of the movie, and I was like, um, this. You know what? Let's punt on this one and try again another day. You know, and so. I, I think I've decided I'm gonna start buying a soda pop. And I see, I just I just uh, satisfied all groups of people that say soda or say pop. You say soda. Yeah, pop. Yeah, but what about the people in the South that just call everything a Coke? <laughs> Give me a Coke, huh? Uh, so we only have they Pepsi. Do that. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, "Can I get a Coke?" And they're like, "What kind do you want?" Like, what do you mean, what kind? What, what kind? Well, do you no, want? I'm gonna buy a soda pop, and I'm gonna just trip and and spill it all over the gentleman who's been on his phone half the movie, and I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, was that? That must be annoying, but not as annoying as you texting, sir. <laughs> Go fuck yourself." <laughs> Yeah, so please don't get on your phones. It's not that hard to put your phone away for two hours and just pay attention to the movie you paid to see. It must be. So it must be damn hard for people. I, it's almost it's 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 a uh, what's the word? Not lethargic. It's it's a uh, it, it feels good to to put it away every once in a while. You know what I mean? What's the word? Yeah, it's what am I thinking? Of? I, I'm I'm you know it's, it's cleansing, relaxing, spiritually. Clean. <laughs> I don't know. Feels good. I don't. I'm. Yeah. It's, it's just you know, puts you to sleep. <laughs> disconnect for two hours and enjoy the movie that you paid good money to see. There you um, go. Yeah. All so, right. Anywho. Soccer. It's, uh, it's you know it's been a, a, a long off season for Sporting Casey, much longer than yes. we are used to. Um, We're just signing between, people from around the world now. 
It's crazy. We've had that <laughs> yeah. much time off. There's been a lot. Um, you know, obviously the season ended much earlier than we're used to because Sporting Casey didn't make the playoffs. The literal season ended much earlier than we're used to because they compressed the MLS schedule. So we haven't seen Sporting Casey play soccer since what, like early October? And yeah, now man. it's end of February. Um, so it's it's been a long time of wondering how is Sporting KC going to correct the mistakes of 2019? What are they going to do? Um, and there's been a pretty, you know, not a total complete roster overhaul, but there's been a pretty good roster overhaul. And uh, we've now seen Sporting KC play a couple games in the preseason. Uh, we've literally seen them play one because they actually streamed it. And we're going to well, talk about all of that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you if you live in the Kansas City area, you might have seen it. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that as well as the Columbus scrimmage here in a second. But first, I want to, one, invite you, if you haven't yet left a five-star rating or review, please go do so on Apple Podcasts or your platform of your choice. Uh, but two... Dude, maybe that's maybe this is their first time listening. Maybe we got shit to prove right now, man. It's the beginning of the season. People looking for a new <laughs> pod. We got to prove ourselves. So hold off on that review. Go hit it at the end of this episode. And they're like, why did they spend five minutes talking about movies? And to that, I say, welcome to No Other Pod. Um, welcome to No Other Pod, cinema edition. <laughs> uh, no, but the, the the first thing I want to start with is, I guess, the biggest news of the last couple of weeks is that Sporting KC acquired English Premier League defender Winston Reed from right. West Ham United. Uh, and so, you know, this was a rumor a, a couple of weeks ago, well, uh, maybe three, four weeks happen. ago, actually. Uh, yeah, that there was interest. Um, you know, if you go through the bona fides, he's a 31-year-old World Cup veteran. He's he's from New Zealand. Um, he has made more than 300 club appearances in Denmark and England, 166 of which are with the Premier League with West Ham. He's six foot three. He's got 25 caps for the New Zealand men's national team, including starts in the FIFA World Cup in uh, 2010. But the problem is he hasn't made a competitive appearance in like almost two years due to injury. So um, I guess you could probably say that's why a defender of his potential quality is available for Sporting KC at 31 years old, which isn't super young, but also isn't super old for a center back. But what I want to get your initial impressions. I mean, this is what, what do you think of this move? That seems like it's a loan for now, and mm-hmm. we don't yet know if there's a potential for a purchase or not. But but what are your first impressions? Well, your first impression is, oh man, we got a Premier League striker or a defender. That's crazy. And and then you start thinking like, and we got a Liga MX striker, and and this guy from this country. Like it's 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 out of control, man. Like we're we're making big moves. And they see something in this guy, which I, you know, I haven't seen anything. I'll be honest, but uh, a lot of people are worried about the injuries he had. But he's huge, man. He's a very tall presence back there. He's like an Icopara. I mean, some people are saying we we just got our Icopara back. Ike had injuries yeah, too, he, he's, and then he was Defender of the Year. That's true. That's true. Um, he, he's a very large human like i said 63 like 225 <laughs> large um, human. hey yeah. well, i'm 62 215 why doesn't my body look like his that's what i want to know i mean you got to get on that winston reed diet apparently whatever well, why that, that is work? does he have a peloton um, then does he drive a pe- does he do a peloton <laughs> probably he's got a peloton in his glass modern living room overlooking the manhattan skyline in his oh, penthouse that he must not eat know. pizza ever that's what it is <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, I think you said it right. This is this is not your classic sporting KC when you start looking at the types of players that are coming in. Now, 
Alan Polito and, and Winston Reed, they're, they're in different places in their career. Alan Polito is coming off a, a career season, Liga Emekis Golden Boot winner, um, still in his prime. Winston Reed, uh, I, I, you could reasonably say he's probably a little bit past his prime, even though 31 for a healthy center back can be right in the middle of their prime. Um, he's, he's a very good defender when healthy. If you look at, now take this with a grain of salt, but if you were to look at, for example, FIFA ratings in FIFA 20, Winston Reed, if you took his card and put him in MLS, would instantly become tied for the best rated center back in the league. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, like I said, FIFA ratings, there's plenty of flaws with them, so take it with a grain of salt, but it's kind of fun to look at it for a little bit of a gauge. Um, I just, I think a player like him with his potential, and I want to stress potential because of the injury concerns, this type of player is not available to a club like Sporting KC unless there's a little bit of, of baggage of some sort. And in this case, the baggage is an injury history. That doesn't mean that he's going to continue to stay injured. Um, it doesn't mean he's going to come in and, and not be able to contribute. It also doesn't mean just because he's from the Premier League that he's going to come in and immediately start for Sporting KC either. What I read from this is, okay, it's a loan move, probably, we don't know the terms, but probably pretty low, if not, if, if any cost, because West Ham probably just wants to see him get minutes at this point to get fit, and if it works out, then that's awesome. We got a Premier League center back that could be starting next to Matt Beasler, and if it doesn't, okay, he comes on a loan, he, he trains with us for a bit, and he doesn't contribute much, and then he goes back to England, and there's no love lost. So, that's kind of where I stand. Seems I, a I'm risk kind of free. excited. Yeah, I, so. I'm excited for it though, man. Like like I said, he looks like a a large human and can uh, can get things done, man. Coming over here with Premier League experience, we haven't had a guy like that in a while. Our Premier League experience guy was and is Roger Espinoza, you know, playing with Wigan, right? But uh, this is great. I don't know. I I'm pumped, man. And we just keep signing people, and and from seeing what we saw from some of the new guys on Saturday. It's it's an exciting time, and I think everyone's really excited to get the season going. Yeah, and I think center back, if you look at where this position was a year ago, having just traded away Ike Parra, you pretty much you had Matt Beasler, you had Andre Fontes, you had Botan Barat, who we hadn't yet seen in any sort of competitive action for Sporting KC, and you had Graham Smith, who was young and raw. Um, raw. I think, you know, obviously Andre Fontas did not work out the way that we had hoped, and he has been injured, and as of now is still on the roster. We have until February 28th to buy him out if Sporting KC uh, chooses to do so. Is that when it um, is? But You seem to know that yeah. really easily. I feel like you, uh, <laughs> you, know, you knew that really fast. That's awesome. Yeah, February 28th. That is the deadline. You heard it yeah, here first. You're good at those things like um, that, yeah. <laughs> but I think if you look at where – the center back position is now okay you still have uh matt beasler and you still have graham smith and you still have botan barat and yes andre ufontis is still there uh, even though he's injured but you've also added two additional players that have been uh, described as very uh, aggressive and athletic center backs in winston reed and uh, roberto punchech so this is almost a position of, of, of a pretty good amount of depth now. And, and given that this back line gave up the most goals that they've ever given up, just about, um, if not ever, I don't remember exactly, last year, it's good to see them bring in some new faces to challenge and push for those two spots. So does that make you feel better about where the defense is this year compared to last year? Oh, dude, 100%. 
I mean, last year we gave up a lot of goals and it just wasn't the same defense, you know, the stingy defense that we're used to. Um, but to really kind of rebuild it, so to speak, this year, I mean, back line might still be the same. It, it might not change, but we have depth. You might see Luis Martins yeah. take over that left spot. You might see Zussi have it for, for a good while on the right side with Beasler and uh, and Boton in the middle, you know, but uh, I think – or, or Puncic. Puncic, Puncic. And I think that uh, <laughs> I, I think we have a lot more depth. Yeah, I think people were definitely concerned. You know, we, we brought in Gotti Kinda, we brought in Alan Pulido, we brought back Kyrie Shelton. There, there are these additions, and they're like, but the back line, like, that hasn't really changed. Like, it looks like the starters are still going to be the same from last year, and that scared a lot of people. To which I would say, one, Luis Martins now has had a full off season. He's had a, a few games in the second half of last year. He's got a lot of potential from what I've seen. I like where he's at at the left back spot. Obviously, Sporting does too. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten rid of Seth Sinovic. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there for some improvement year over year at left back. Right back, like you said, Graham Zussi's going to have that lockdown. But Jalen Lindsay's going to be pushing for, for some minutes there. He's coming oh, off a time. year where there was an injury. And he wants to prove himself. So I think Graham Graham's knows gonna, that though, and Graham's been like yeah. really focusing on his diet and his and his health, and has been you know he knows he's not a kid. He doesn't have the metabolism that Jalen Lindsay has, and right. And I think Graham's ready, man. Like I think he's really taken care of himself and took the right steps and workouts over the off season. Well, and that's what yeah, you're 100 percent right. That's the maybe the best thing about Jalen Lindsay coming back and pushing for those minutes is it's gonna make Graham Zusi have to be better. Hell because yeah. if he's not. You got the young kid there who's, who's waiting in the wings, ready to go, who's not only the future for potentially sporting KC, but for the U.S. men's national team. Um, and so that's going to make that side better. And then at center back, obviously, Beasler will be there. And then we don't really know yet if the permanent solution is going to be Botan, if it's going to be Puncic, if it's going to be Winston Reed, or if it's going to be some combination of those three rotating throughout the season. Uh, I just feel like there are so many options for Peter Vermees, and he can maybe even switch up the personnel on the back line depending on who the opponent is, whereas last year it was pretty much like, okay, it's going to be Beasler and then either Botan or Fontas, but Fontas sucks, so it's pretty much going to be Botan and Beasler. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. No chill. No <laughs> chill at all. Just Fontas sucks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, look. What else? I, That's I don't fine. Know else hey, we've say. said worse things. <laughs> we've said way worse things. That just it just caught yeah. me off guard coming from you. <laughs> I mean, I just think about all those times he like stepped up to like be next to Ilya, and then they just like dribble or pass around him, and suddenly it's like Beasler's got one on three, and you're like, what are you doing? Why See, is Fontas stepping up to the midline? Now that used to be Icopara. Icopara would always get beat like that, but make up for it and make some amazing stop. You know, right. He was fast enough, athletic enough, where he could get back and he'd do some last-minute sliding tackle that was perfectly timed, and oh, yeah. he'd make up for it. Fontas yeah, yeah, just yeah, the stride of a gazelle. Fontas would just be like, "Oh shit, okay, go yeah. on and score." Then <laughs> Ike's stride always was the most confusing stride I've ever seen in a professional athlete because he looked like a seventy-four-year-old man when he ran. Sometimes, yeah. like he just was like so lanky, and like it looks like it hurts to run, but he was so fast. And so it, athletic that it like didn't make sense with the way he, it looked while he ran. It might hurt him but, to run, man. He he was taped up like a like a bunch of Christmas gifts, man. He had so much athletic tape all over his body. It's true. Uh, Which anyway, I've so, I've discovered athletic tape by the way, and I I, <laughs> I now tape myself up like Ikopara because I I'm not fooling myself. 
I'm 34. Go. I got well, injuries. Hey, <laughs> you, uh, you, maybe we need to look at you at center back, uh, Mister Scoring headers off corner hey. kicks in the in the game. So don't want to brag. Don't want to brag, but I, uh, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> Never done anything like that, Jimmy. It was crazy. I scored a header this weekend, and I, I've told everybody. <laughs> yeah, I told my cool. wife. That's I said, exciting. "I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the next month you have to hear about it, but that is not something I do." And she was there, man. She's only ever there when I score. It's crazy. She always sees it. And she's like, I saw you running up on that corner kick. She's like, I should have took out my phone because I knew something glorious was about to happen. I said, oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good job, sir. Yeah. Um, hopefully Sporting KC can channel some of that into our season this year. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so excited for, for some of these new sightings and, and signings and to see what they bring. Um, we have had a couple of preseason games, one of which was not televised. Well, there's been more than a couple, but since our last episode, two more games, one of which was not televised and one of which was televised. Uh, the first um, was a scrimmage against the Columbus Crew. It was a 2-0 loss. Um, Sporting KC played 22 different players and did a full lineup uh, change um, in the 60th minute. The second was a draw against RSL as part of the Visit Tucson Sun Cup, and this was streamed. So um, having read about the Columbus game and having maybe watched the RSL game, what are your thoughts about Sporting KC and where they stand in the preseason? Well, did you get to watch it? I watched the first half. I couldn't watch the second half. Yeah, I fell asleep 70 minutes in. So uh, I think that's (laughs) close to the time they took out the starters. So I was just kind of like, yawn. But let's talk about the lineup. Who they put out there was, uh, man, pretty close to a first-choice lineup. And I was like, that's it, right? And then they brought in Johnny Russell at halftime. I was like, oh, yeah, we have Johnny Russell. Like, I kind of forgot about him because we were making things happen without him with Kyrie Shelton up top and and, uh, Shallowy and and Pulido. And Gotti Kinda is kind of exciting to watch. I don't know, man. Is, is, Is there a song for him, Bruin? Like uh, to the tune of it's Hare Krishna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I when know. I go, I'm visiting my family in Los Angeles next week. And um, I'm staying at an Airbnb in Santa Monica near Third Street Promenade. And there's a group of Hare Krishna people that just are constantly singing the song and performing. And it's kind of fun, but it's like right out the building where my Airbnb is going to be. So like I'm getting ready to go to sleep every night. And then I just see her like, Hare, Hare Krishna. And they're just like playing the drums and the tambourine and stuff. It's like a nice little like bedtime song. I mean, so. think about it. Gotta, gotta, kinda. <laughs> um, but but yeah, just, the, the, it's exciting, dude. It's exciting to watch soccer again. And, and they showed like, it was fast paced. I mean, I don't know if it's just been forever since I've watched the game, but I was like, dude, look at us playing like it freaking matters, you know? Um, right. But also kind of boring at the same time because there were really no shots. Um, no goalkeepers were really forced into any kind of saves by any means. And I'm like, where's Polito? Polito, our, our freaking golden boot winner in uh, Liga MX, is he going to get a shot on goal ever? And I, I didn't, that I can remember. So, I mean, one, they're still getting used to playing with each other. But what I will yes. say is in the in the first half that I saw, you're right, Gadi Kinda looked very good. He was all over the place. Um, he was making runs in the box. He was back on defense. He was he was doing very well. Um, he and Polito, I think, can build quite the rapport. They're, they're still working on their timing, but there's, there's some potential there. Uh, Sporting KC yeah. also, to me, looked like they pretty much dominated the match. RSL was not really 
doing much or getting forward much. Now, maybe that's just preseason, but, um, you know, Sporting KC looked the better side, even if they didn't win. Uh, but the other thing is, is like you said, it, it, you, you look at that first lineup and you're like, okay, you know, obviously Melia didn't play, so we know he's going to start. But Zussi, Punchec, Beasler, and Martins could be the back line that's starting. And then you're like, Ilya, Roger, and Gadi Kinda. Wow. You're like, well, that could be the midfield that starts. But then you forget, like, we didn't even have Felipe in there. Felipe's got to get in there somehow. And then Kyrie, Polito, and Shallowy. You're like, okay, but then there's no Jerso and there's no Johnny. So this team suddenly looks like it's pretty deep. I know. I'm like, uh, Jerso and Johnny, I completely forgot about. And and Luis Martins taking our corner kicks? Dude's got some dangerous-looking corner kicks. Yeah, he does. He absolutely so, does. If I'm got a kind of... I just thought about that. That's yeah, fucking, someone's uh, going to come up with a song. That's Fiddler, man. Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know what his song will be but someone will come up with something oh we got um but i also like you know luis martin's there at left back starting but i kind of like amadou dia coming off the bench for him at left back i think that's more of a spark than than seth yeah. was as much as i love seth um true i don't know dia likes I'm to get kind forward of seth likes to get forward too but i mean uh, amadou dia won't be a bad substitute for sure Right. Did, and, you know what? I, th- I love the Valentines they put out, by the way. Like, anything you need, <laughs> I'm going to do it for you. And I was like, ah, I bet you've been throwing that into phrases your entire life, but I still love it. Yeah, the font was a little hard to read. But, yeah, right. You know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited. So it's it's going to be interesting to see sort of where this team's go where this team yeah, goes um, we got two games this week man you got one on wednesday and one on saturday yep exactly that's pretty so, cool those are the last two uh, preseason games before february 29th first Hot game man. of the mls 2020 regular season against vancouver so this is um this is interesting we're getting close to the wire very close so and they have some kind of season ticket member party next week. I don't know if you saw that. Um, something new they're doing, man. Like not just a season kickoff party, but something just for season ticket members. Hmm. I did not see that because yeah. I'm technically not a season ticket member holder. Uh, so. I guess you're not. You're outside the loop. I think they're doing over to Jay Rieger and Co. So if you want to, oh. you know, crash the party or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I don't know the specifics on that. Uh, it's like on a Wednesday or something. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um I wonder I don't if it's Wednesday. I guess that's probably like the last night before the team leaves for Vancouver. So uh, maybe there'll probably be some so. players there. Who knows? But uh, but yeah, um, Wednesday, uh, as you mentioned, the Sporting KC resumes the visit Tucson Sun Cup against Phoenix Rising FC. And then Saturday, uh, Sporting KC plays the New York Red Bulls. Uh, both of those will be available for stream on SportingKC.com. Four viewers in the KC region. Yeah. A little asterisk on there for you, Bubba. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It kind of sucks because if I put myself in the position of when I lived in Chicago for a couple years, I'm mad Like if I'm up there and, and can't stream it. I mean, obviously I could stream it here in Olathe, but I would be like, I'd be putting a VPN on my computer real fast and, and trying to find that, that stream. Um. A lot of people were pissed, and this is not a sporting thing. This is not a club thing, so you can't bash them about it, which a lot of people no. did. Uh, it's an MLS thing, man, and they are yeah. 
controlling this for some reason. I mean, God forbid a team have any fans outside of their their geographic location. That'd be crazy. Yeah, this is weird. This is a directive from the league, um, and I know you know that we have some uh, some fans, particularly in like the Topeka or Wichita area, that were trying yeah. to watch it, and they're like, nope, can't watch it. Even well, what's though the point? They're not that far. What's the point of blocking it? Like, tell me that. Do you even have a, a good reason? Well, that's what I can't understand either. I've been trying to understand. Okay, what is the, what is the rationale for for geo locking these? It's not a rights issue because that's what it normally is for the regular season. Oh, we got TV deals and rights and you know local broadcast blah blah. That's not what this is. This is just MLS decided. And I know I spoke with somebody who works for the league, and that person uh, was as a league employee was pissed off because he was like, "I'm a league employee. Why can I not?" watch these games even though i literally work for the league that's broadcasting them so it's it's not just fans it's it's even some league employees are frustrated at this policy and don't understand it and former players i didn't know don't know if you saw um the the houston dynamo tweeted about uh their uh stream and then one of their former players eddie robinson who's problematic at times but he he tweeted like i'm living in houston and cannot get the game and so the dynamo had to be like oh we have asked the league to expand the zip codes but i was like how do you not include all of the zip codes in the city of the team that's playing even yeah so or i mean or even the state i mean i I, that'd just be so easy just make the do it for the state or and surrounding states i don't i don't know what i don't know if they know what a blackout is i mean uh yeah. It just I, I just want to hear someone explain it. I would love someone from the league be like, well, we did this because we don't want to introduce our product to anyone else outside of those areas. Because <laughs> <laughs> we want to keep fans as limited as possible. Segregation um, at its finest, you Nazis. How's Sporting KC supposed to represent the great state of Kansas if the great state of Kansas can't watch? Exactly. So And Missouri's right over joke. right across the that's a what? Political joke. Oh. Gotcha. Get it. Because when the Chiefs, they represented the great state of Kansas. They did, and then they turned it into a shirt. I also saw some of (laughs) y'all buying a Chiefs shirt that said, Make Kansas City Great Again. I'm not not down with that. You know, I don't like those shirts. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm not a I'm not a, a fan of playing off of, of a no, phrase I think it's like dumb. that. That's that's I mean red hats are already ruined. Rooted I can't wear my Anaheim Angels hat at all. It sucks. No, honestly, red hats are ruined for yeah. me forever. Also have a so, St. Louis Cardinals hat. Can't wear that one. I'll burn that anyway, but Well, I just I have uh, a lot of hats. I have like all the teams I've ever visited and shit. I'm weird like that. Yeah, that's what I do with my soccer scarves. With scarves, so, yeah. Same kind of deal with MLB teams for me. Um, but anyway, yeah, man, it's weird. I hope the league doesn't do this again or they open up the restrictions or what because it sucks. Yeah. So. Well, I hope, you know, i praying for you all that we can watch Wednesday night and uh, also Saturday, so. Yep. Well, uh, we'll see. It's going to be exciting to uh, to see what happens over these last couple preseason games, see if Winston Reed gets some time as we head into the f- – I, I don't think yeah. he's probably going to play much – um, over the next Maybe couple Saturday. of games. Maybe Saturday. He's definitely not going to, like, don't expect him to play or start in Vancouver, I don't think. No, but you wouldn't think so. We'll see uh, We'll see what happens. And next week we'll give our, our predictions as to maybe who we think this first starting 11 will be. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to read into preseason too much because I don't think Peter's really trying to put out a starting 11. He's just he's trying to see who meshes well with who. So any lineups that we're actually seeing on there – really don't matter 
And you, you want to say, hey, don't read into these. But I do. I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, we'll see. But getting closer. It's exciting. Yeah, for sure. So want to touch on um, some news from around the league now, just real quick. Uh, Major League Soccer and the MLS Players Association reached a new agreement on a five-year collective bargaining agreement. And this has happened since our last uh, podcast recording. Uh, so I don't know if you've read much of the details or, or what, but um, basically you can go on SportingKC or MLS.com, MLSsoccer.com, um, and, and you can see what some of the details are. But um, essentially they're, they're limiting targeted allocation money and converting it more to general allocation money, which is good because that's, you know, there's greater flexibility in how you can use GAM as opposed to TAM. Um, there's going to be um, obviously an increase in, in the salary cap. Um, there's going to be players get a share of the media rights deals uh, starting in 2023 and 2024. Substantial increases in charter flights, um, you know, starting with eight this year, I think getting up to 16 by the end of it, and then expanded free agency. So it seems yeah. like the the consensus is that oh, and the designated player spot changes a little bit. Um, they can have up to three uh, designated players still, but they're basically incentivized to have their third designated player be a, a younger designated player with some some of the ways that um, the the finances work out. So I think it's twenty three years or younger is like what they're trying to incentivize them to be, um, but. I don't know what it seems like to me players got pretty much everything they wanted and this seems good for me at least I don't know did you read much oh, about yeah. it I kind of like the free agent aspect a lot um that they they don't have to wait till they're damn near 30 years old to to be a free agent I think that's really cool. right yeah so the way free agency was working it's different than other leagues is you you know up until now you had to be 28 years old and have eight years of service in the league uh, to be a free <laughs> so agent. you would have had to become a professional at 20 pretty much right. which and is insane eight, if you were, were in college for god's sakes right and so and then the youngest you can be is 28 and so most people they're becoming free agents when they're like 30 31 32 because if you're a professional playing in a league overseas none of that counts you have yeah. to be in mls for eight years and those people um, aren't getting jobs look at benny failhaber right now has yet to sign with the team Right, and so Nate was kind of talking about that on the broadcast. He was he saying was. that it's it's almost like these free agents are, are like the last resort for teams because there's so many other ways that you can acquire players that why would you sign a 33-whatever-year-old he is, Benny Failhaber, when you could go through um, you know, the allocation draft or uh, signing a player that's out of contract who hasn't been in the league or, or something like that to uh, to get a player. So hopefully this eases that up a little bit. Um, cause now the rules are you have to be 24 years old with five years of service. So it's still restrictive, but it's better. So we'll see. Um, Hey, do you want to, uh, since we were on the, the structure of a possible starting 11 MLS soccer, MLS soccer.com put out their projected starting 11. Okay. What do they say? Well, you got Melia and goal, uh, Left to right, you got Martins, Beasler, Punchech, and Zusi. Okay, yeah. so they're throwing Punchech in there. Midfield is Gutierrez, Ilie, and Espinoza. Makes sense. Okay. Forwards, are, they're, they're saying Gerso, Polito, and Russell. 
I think that's like the safe bet. I think if you had to, that can change a little bit, but seems very safe. I I definitely think that's like okay if you were to to like just what's the favorite like betting favorite lineup out there. That's probably it. Um, The biggest question marks for me are is probably actually in that midfield with Gadi Kinda. You know, does he crack Mm -hmm. that starting lineup if if Peter likes what he sees in the preseason? But having so. Felipe in there, Felipe's Felipe's gonna run that shit, man. The number ten, he's gonna run the midfield. I just think Felipe with Gatikinda and Polito. Polito can come back a little bit and sort of play as a deeper striker. He can get forward. Like this is gonna be a much more exciting team, I think. So yeah. So we'll I see. just came across that on the site, and I was it was like posted twenty minutes ago. So I was like, we should touch on this. Um, the only other things that I want to mention uh, from around the league is uh, Concacaf Champions League. Uh, starts this week. Um, there were already cool. some games on on Tuesday, um, but LAFC, Atlanta United, the Montreal Impact, NYCFC, and Seattle Sounders. Those are the five MLS clubs involved. Um, so that kicks off this week. Uh, and Sporting KC is obviously not in it, but it's still going to be fun to watch. So we'll see what happens. That's exciting. Um, and then there's just the last thing that I kind of wanted to mention: big trade. LAFC traded Walker Zimmerman to Nashville SC. That was kind of a big deal. He was a best 11 player last year in the league. Um, and Inter Miami still, at least as of this recording, has not yet officially announced Rodolfo Pizarro, but he's played in the game for them and scored a goal, and MLS Soccer wrote about it. So I guess he's going to play for uh, Miami, the former Monterey uh, Mexican national. So uh, some some big moves happening around the league. But anyway. All right. Um, so now we're going to transition over into an interview that we've been trying to get for a long time. Yes. Uh, I didn't try hard enough. Him. I should have tried harder. <laughs> now, Dan, our expert guest booker, he came through in the clutch, pulled it together. Y'all know him. Y'all love him. Y'all probably follow him on Twitter. It's the kit man coming to us live from Tucson with Sporting KC preseason. We're going to ask him about uh, what's going on in Arizona, ask him about the kits, and uh, try to get some inside scoop for you. So See, stick with this us. This is exciting, Jimmy. This is exciting real quick because we could charge you for this. We could. But then we just put it on our podcast a week later, and that's that's not giving you anything for your money if everyone gets it. And <laughs> who would do that? That's an idiotic thing to do. So you guys get it for free. This is so exciting. So stick with us after the break, and we will be back with Kitman from Sporting KC. Boom. All right, guys. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for hanging in with us, because as we teased with you, we got a special guest. It's Mike Flaherty. You may know him as Kitman, but he is actually ultra professional uh, director of equipment operations. But we got Michael Flaherty, man, SKC Kitman. Mike, what's going on, man? Uh, you know, just soccer stuff. Straight from Arizona, dude. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good down here. It's been a crazy it's been a crazy camp this year. That's awesome, man. I mean, we we're we've been talking that like crazy about uh, all the player acquisitions and and all the newness to the team and to the stadium and everything. And and really, it's going to be really uh really fun to get into it here with you and and uh, get kind of an insider view of uh of what you've been checking out down there. The real inside. <laughs> Too inside sometimes. So, you know, I know you've been uh, you've been 
on podcasts before and you've talked a little bit about what you did before SKC, but I mean, can people that might have heard you on those other platforms, can you kind of speak about how you got involved with sporting and, and get into the role that you, that you took on? Yeah. I've always kind of been a uh, soccer guy. So, I mean, I grew up playing and then you kind of hit that point in your playing career where either you go professional or you cling on to a team and you try to make it. And, and I tried that. I didn't really make it anywhere. And, um, traveled around a bunch trying to find my little place to be in soccer. And, you know, at that point I came back to Montana and I was taking jobs to, uh, just to kind of stay around the game. You know, you'd work in like detention centers because it paid a lot of money and you could stack up your days and take a week off for the tournament kind of thing, you know, so I could still play. And then I kind of got into coaching. Um, coaching led me to, uh, going back to college and, and playing a little bit in college and also, uh, helping coach the, the college I was at. Some, I ran into someone from U.S. Soccer, and they said, hey, we want you to go on a trip um, as an equipment manager. And I thought that was just kind of random, and I said, okay. And I, But I didn't think it was serious, and the next day I had a plane ticket. We went on this crazy trip to, um, I think we went to San Francisco, and then we had to play um, in Staten Island, and then we flew back to Albuquerque and played in Albuquerque. Um, and the team I was with was Project 40, which is basically the generation Adidas. Um, it was Nike Project 40 at the time. It was part of Project 2010, which was something that the Kuroch Report all put together to try to try to win the World Cup in 2010. And obviously that didn't come to fruition. But uh, the first steps did, and, they, and it worked out pretty well having players playing professionally. They, they got a contract to play with uh, MLS team. They couldn't get cut for two years. Uh, they were on the league minimum. Um, some guys negotiated more. But they always had, I think it was like 36 grand to go back to college, something like that. If they wanted to use it for school, they could go back and use that. So they were taking kids out of college at the time. And now, as we know, it's it's so much different than that. But um, I just kind of stuck with U.S. soccer for like seven or eight years, and I got out of it to go back into coaching. And I realized that I liked the administration part of it. Because I didn't work just as an equipment manager on those trips. I worked as a um, team administrator and I guess they called it a team coordinator at the time. I and mean, I actually worked as the assistant GM of that team for a little while. Oh, wow. um, and then I left to go into coaching. Ended up uh, trying to figure out my next move because coaching was fun. But youth coaching is very – it's actually kind of crazy how much um, politics and backstabbing there is in that game. And, you know, you just you just want to coach kids and, and make your team the best. And people are coming in and stealing your players. And it was just a competitive – it was a really competitive area. Because uh, I was in Colorado at the time, and and I enjoyed it. I really did. I enjoyed the people I met, but um, I wanted to get back into the professional side of things. And you know, I didn't think that was going to happen. I tried and tried. It's funny how how many close friends you can build up. And no one's really willing to throw that out there to you and and really take that step. But one day I was down in Florida and I kind of given up on it. I'm um, actually in the army. Um, came out of the army and tore my knee in the army. And I came out and was. Uh, trying to rehab it and get back into coaching. Ended up down as a, decided, you know, I needed to do something with a team. So I went through paramedic school and fire school. And I got my first job and I was out with some of the guys and they're like, oh, you should get on Facebook. And I'm like, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not going to get on Facebook. I'm not a 12 year old kid. I'm not going to get on Facebook. And they're like, oh, you should get on it and go you know, and meet all these people. So um, it's funny because I'm more active now on social media and I, I got on it, and literally that next day, I was like, well, what should I do? They said, oh, look for people, you know, who you want to look up. So I looked up a bunch of people from U.S. soccer that I worked with, and that same day, I got a um, 
instant message, which I didn't even know existed on there because I didn't know anything about Facebook. <laughs> and the thing said, uh, hey, send me your resume. There's a job opening in Kansas City. So I sent them my resume and I said, what's it for? And they said it's for an equipment manager. And I'm like, nah, I'm not really interested in that. Because I just started this career as a firefighter. And the next day I get a, uh, uh, a phone call from Peter Vermees. Today I want to talk to you. And uh, we talked for a little while. And I knew him through the 20s camps that I was with. Um, but I didn't know him very well. But I knew of him, of course, obviously, and uh, through U.S. Soccer. And I knew the administrator. And he put me on the phone with the administrator. And I was halfway through this conversation with the administrator. And I said, hey, what's this job for? Because I kind of thought it was for the administration job. Um, for what the guy did. And, and I said, you know, are you moving somewhere? And he said, no, you, we want you to be an equipment manager. I said, I'm not really that interested in it. Um, and he said, oh, okay. And kind of hung up on me. And I don't know, maybe an hour later, Peter called me and said, what? What do you mean you're not interested in it? I want you to come out here. We're interested in you. And, you know, that was my first time seeing the Peter, you know, the, when Peter's serious, he's serious. So it was, uh, it was good. And I came in and he, you know, he told me all the things that were going to happen. And he's got a way way of making you believe in him and I did and I absolutely bought into the I bought into it that day and you know I was driving I remember driving out of Florida and going through Illinois and I hit some snow and I'm like what am I doing here <laughs> what am I doing but and it got to Kansas City it was freezing cold but you know it's uh I grew up in Montana so I'm not not too scared of the snow but I did go south because I didn't want any more of it so it was uh that was it that's how I got started with with sporting so that's fascinating that's that's quite the the, the journey with a lot of twists and turns um i i have to ask is i'm not as familiar with how most equipment managers come into their role but it, to me it would seem somewhat unique to have somebody who also has that background both in coaching and the administrative side and i imagine that's probably pretty beneficial for for the club to have somebody with that diverse of a background no i think it is i think that i think it can be i can be good and bad i mean you don't want your equipment manager on the sideline going, you need to press up, <laughs> that kind of stuff, which I have seen guys before do, and they don't last very long. Um, there's a lot of guys who think they're the coach when they come into soccer because maybe they played it sometime or they coach it sometime. Uh, I, I'm respectful of that. I don't try to get involved in any of that stuff. I, Peter is really good about um, having an open-door policy. It, it, he's just busy. But if you can get a chance to get in there, you can ask him whatever you want to, and there's absolutely no repercussions at all. And I, I have said to him a few times, why would you do this? Why would you possibly have done this? And he gives me his reason, and you know, 90% of the time it's like this, and this is why I did it, and your idea is dumb, and <laughs> this is why I think it's dumb, and you know, we have that argument, and it's over. And there's no – he doesn't hold a grudge or anything. And, it, and it, <clears throat> actually I've learned a lot from him um, from the coaching side of things and the business side of things. Uh, especially about how he does things and how he makes decisions. I love that. It, it's like he just he wasn't going to let you turn this down, <laughs> and that that seems yeah. like the, the the kind of person that he would be like. Um, you know, as far as as far as being a kit man, we see whatever you put out online. I mean, we see you making the jerseys look nice, uh, taking care of the guys, making sure they look great on the field. Um, maybe you're doing a bunch of laundry. Uh, with Sammy, uh, getting into <laughs> hijinks with him, you know, but what's exactly. a, like, what's a typical game day for you guys? I mean, what, what do you, what does your day look like? Is it, is it more stressful than during the week or is it uh, about the same? No, I, I think those are the best days, man. They're, they're my favorite days because it just, it all, all the work comes into that, you know, like I, right now we're at that point in camp where we have two, uh, 
two, two, um, two, or two more games left, right? Tomorrow and Saturday. And I'm at that point. Oh man. Hold on. I'm at that point where I just want it to be for real. Once it's for real, it changes everything. And you know, there's, I have a rhythm to game days on a, on a home game. I get there in the morning at like 7am. Um, and I just kind of hang out there and I'll work out at the stadium and then I'll, you know, answer some emails and things like that. Make sure all the doors are unlocked. Make sure that the locker room has been cleaned. I'll, you know, after it's, after we've set up the day before, I'll make sure it's recleaned and we're all ready to go. And, you know, it just becomes kind of a, it's a spiritual thing for me, I guess, because it's my church. So I go in there and make sure that I have everything kind of in order at a home game. And, and on the way trips, we just have a rhythm to it by now. We get in there for game days and, we get there about five hours before and we set up and play a little soccer tennis and, you know, it's just get prepared for everybody. So the game days are the best days. They're not the stressful ones. When the game starts, it's stressful because you're kind of in it, you know, but you're not thinking about anything other than what it takes to let the players play and the coaches coach at that point. Very cool. So you, you mentioned, obviously, that you're in camp in Arizona right now, uh, at two more preseason games when, we're, when we are recording this. Um, preseason is definitely different than the regular season in that all of the players and the staff, I assume, are staying together in the same hotel, resort, wherever you're staying, and instead of having your own places. So sort of what does it feel like to be in that environment when you're, when you're around each other constantly? And, and then just in general, how is preseason going so far with some of the new guys that are coming in? So preseason is the worst time of year for an equipment guy, I'd have to say, because <laughs> the timing of everything is just bad. We leave when the Adidas product is coming in. So we're, busy trying to inventory in between stints on the road and, and you're trying to inventory it all the day it comes in because you got to leave the next day kind of thing. You're lettering and numbering. We, we still haven't got all that in yet. Um, we're still waiting on that. We have a game. We get back, we have four days before a game. So before, before we travel for a game. So hopefully that stuff is in by the time I get back, it's not even there yet. Um, so there's, there's things like that that just make it hard. But for us, the, Sometimes the setups are good. This one has been grueling in the sense that uh, um, there was a slight change at the end of it. So we, we were going to train it at a college, and now we're training at Phoenix Rising, and we don't really have an adequate locker room space. We don't have all the comforts of home that we would have at, at Pinnacle, for instance. Um, Sammy and I spend a lot of time in a laundromat, which typical guys don't do. It's usually set up somewhere else, um, but we just – just because of the situation we're in, we've had to go out there. But we, we were spending in the first leg probably six to eight hours a day in the laundromat, oh my God. which just gets a little bit tedious. Um, the second leg, we haven't been doing double days. Um, and, that, and that's hard, too, when you're doing double days because the, the guys are tired. You're wanting to watch the new guys to come in. And and I think right now we're seeing these guys kind of come out of that, that – um, the grueling part of it where they're not as tired all the time and you're getting to see them play a little bit. Now we're getting to see things, but the first couple of days you're like, wow, you know, this guy, you can tell he's good. You can tell when a guy has quality just by the way he touches the ball, the ball comes to him or the way he hits a ball, but because he's tired, he might not move the same. He might not, you know, he might not have the same consistency in his touch, but that's all coming back now. And you can really see the quality in the guys that we have here. Uh, um, uh, I mean, every single one of the new guys we brought in has, has made a difference. But, but so have the guys who've returned. Uh, uh, you know, the one thing that is always amazing to me is how, how fit some of these guys come in. But this year, I think there might have been 
I, I would say probably 95% or more have done their fitness program to a T and, and probably excelled it because they've all come in and they're, they're all super fit right now, which is great. That's awesome. And you can kind of see the, you can see, just see the overall excitement in the guys. I mean, I don't think, has Kyrie Shelton even stopped smiling since he got back? <laughs> I don't think he does stop smiling. So <laughs> that's a big part of it. I don't think the guys ever stop smiling, to be honest with you. Um, well, he, he's just a positive guy. And, and look, man, he looks good too. Damn, man. Of course, that's calling me. Um, yeah, he looks really good right now. He just looks sharp at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, let me tell you, we had we had Carter Augustine on a while back, and one thing we found out about employees of the club um, that everyone kind of wears multiple hats. Um, so, I guess that being said, is there a is there a weirdest task you've ever been asked to do for the club? I mean, Carter said he was uh, blew the mascot for a party one time. I mean, have you ever had anything <laughs> like that going on? I've never had to do anything like that. We. Um... Everybody on this side, and it's pretty funny you say that. We were actually just talking about this, how on our side of the club, um, and not saying this is different everywhere else, but on our side of the club, it, no one's really too pretentious or too you know stuck on their gig. Everybody is willing to throw out and do their own thing so, or help out anybody else, and they'll still get their job done. But there's so many times, like, for instance, Sammy was sick uh, coming into this camp, and I had people from – you know, people who work in player personnel all the way to the trainers, everybody just kind of, you know, offered to come down there. Even, even the, um, the media guys were offering to come down and help out in the laundry room and help out with things. It was, it was really cool to see that. Uh, it made me feel like, you know, that this club really is team first and that's a big part of this club for sure. That's awesome. Um, another employee that we've had on before is, is Chad, uh, the graphic designer, creative director. And he told us all about the kit design process. And obviously you are the kit man. So I'm curious, do you get to see some of these designs as they're being developed? You've been around the club for a long time. Do they sort of ask your opinion? Sure, I, go to, very I go to the meetings with them quite often. I go to the meetings with them at Adidas uh, quite often. <laughs> There's one or two that I won't go to because of the way that the season lays out. Um, we've got other things going on, but early on in the process, I, I, I typically am involved in that. You know, it, the fashion part of it, um, it is more up to them. The functionality part of it, you know, it comes down to me a little bit more. Uh, they ask me, you know, about fabrics and things like that. I, um, sometimes that all gets lost in the mix to try to make it look pretty. Uh, but I think that the uh, the jerseys they've done, the, the, this, these guys have been really good. John Monka and and Chad have been very good at, at driving the um, the design of the jerseys and, and, and even controlling it with Adidas so that we have a little bit more input than most teams probably would. Uh, maybe not this year because this year was very <clears throat> this year was very uh, structured in the way they wanted to do it. It was a pretty similar it was a, the exact template every team had, right. and it was that uh, Adidas equipment look. And you know that's the way it is. That's what they wanted to do for the 25th anniversary. That's fine. We, I think we took a design and made it um, better than what the other teams have done. So, Yeah, I think, you know, one thing Sporting KC does consistently is put out a, a killer uh, shirt every year, killer kit. So uh, I think this year is no exception. Um, 
you obviously spend a lot of time around the guys in, in the locker room. You see them in a much more up-close and personal way than, than most everybody else gets to see them. So, uh, Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's bad, yeah. In some cases. <laughs> who's the uh, like the funniest or like most goofy player um, behind the scenes in the locker room that maybe the fans don't get to see that side of their personality on the field? I think they see it. I think they see it all the time. I, I mean, that... I don't think these guys hide at all from who they are and what they do. I mean, everybody knows Johnny's kind of a prankster, and, and that's just the way he is. I I think all these guys are unique, and um, I really do like I really do like this team. I I've said this for years. We haven't really had that you know that pain in the ass guy who's come in who's you know has kind of taken apart the team. We've had guys who who are that personality, but the team just kind of cancels them out. I mean. The culture is so strong within the club um, that typically those guys don't last very long. They kind of, you know, reveal themselves and they end up getting moved on. Um, and you see it. And, and some people might think that, you know, a lot of times the fans have a different perspective of who the people are. But th- there's some very good, they're very good people on this team. Um, and then there's some really funny guys. I, I, I enjoy every one of these guys. Everybody has their little thing, their little moment, you know. So, but I would say, the funnier guys are guys like you know Johnny Bees is a kind of a dry sense of humor. If, you know he, if you get his sense of humor, he's 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 hysterical. Uh, uh, a lot of these guys. So you got to get mad when they give away their shirts too much, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that happens. Uh, it becomes a little bit of a budget issue for me. So <laughs> I chase guys down sometimes. Um, <laughs> I've told those police officers down at the end, I'm like tackle them, but they don't feel like that's their job or something. <laughs> Well, man, we'll uh, we'll end it on one last question here. Um, you are you at the end of the day, you're also a soccer fan. I mean, you work in soccer, you played in soccer. I mean, you're you're also a fan of the game. So, if you were unbiased for working for this club, uh, realistically, how far do you see Sporting KC taking this thing this year? I mean, I think we see that there are many improvements that were made on every single line. What's the what's the limit for this team, in your opinion? Well, I I am not unbiased at all and so i uh i am actually i i look at the pieces that we have and and look i'll say the same thing about last year in Concacaf. we had all the pieces we needed i think we were okay we got an injury bug that stuck with us and that that can be attributed to a few different things um and and i don't know because i'm not each player to tell them where the injury came from or how it came about but uh i think we have a great team and and we've pulled in pieces and parts this year that are things I never thought I'd see in sporting. Like I never thought we'd see a Polito signing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never thought we'd see that. I'm uh, bringing in a guy from West Ham. I never thought we'd, we'd be looking at that for center back. I never thought we'd be in a situation where we have so much depth at the center back that, you know, even us on the sidelines are like, what, what's, you know, I can't wait to see this work itself out because it's going to be <laughs> awesome. I mean, I'm excited for that as much as I'm excited for these guys to get out there. Uh, watching them play every day, you see guys like Kinda come out there who I am just been, I mean, he's a under the radar midfielder who came out who's phenomenal, you know? Yeah. Um, guys like, like I, I love watching Gutierrez play. I, I think when I say that we were a good team last year, I, I think it was him who just made it. I mean, he's just a phenomenal player. And just in, uh, to have the guys around him, like Ilya, and, and he makes those guys better. Now, last year was a bit of, of a, you know, a bit of a problem because of injuries. But I think this year, if we stay 
healthy, I think we're a contender for sure. Absolutely, 100% a contender. It's great to hear. You heard it here. First. I love it, Kit, man. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. You mentioned you are on social media now. So for many of our fans probably do follow you already. But for those who don't, where can they find you? Um, at KitmanSKC is on Twitter. All right. Simple enough. Yeah. There you go. So, guys, go get uh, yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I post some stuff on there. We try to be we're doing a lot of Facebook Live stuff down here because Sammy can't drive. <laughs> and so on the drive in, I kind of keep him distracted. Uh, you guys so. are entertaining, that's for sure. <laughs> He's entertaining. He's a whole different beast. Right. You, you just laugh at him. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank well, you so sweet. much. Mike, thank, thank you, you so much, on. man. We hope you have a good rest of your time in Arizona. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. See ya. All right, y'all. Welcome. Oh, man. That was awesome. There it was. That was a thing that just happened. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, look, Hitman, like we said, if you don't follow him on social media, give him a follow. Definitely worth it. But it's cool to hear all the inside stories from in Arizona while camp is going on. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I, I, well, I wanted to hear that he was the mascots at some party. I think that would have been cool. (laughs) But I think that, uh, you know, I, I did like the idea that like everyone was so helpful. I mean, I can just see Jacob Peterson down in the laundry room you know, washing people's in the skid mark shorts and stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the laundromat like eight hours there. Yeah. I'm like, dude, much. what do you do? You, you get a slice of pizza from their little rotating pizza oven and you play scratch off tickets for eight hours. What do you do? Facebook live with Sammy. Facebook live, man. <laughs> Crossword puzzles. I don't even know. Uh, it's too long. Sounds busy, man, but he got me really excited, dude. When he was saying, like, you know, I'm so excited for games to start up, and I'm like, me too. Me too. Yeah, and then you hear what, what the new guys look like with Polito and, and Gotti Kina yeah. and, and Winston Reed. Like, it sounds, you know, look, obviously we asked him if, in, if he had an unbiased opinion, which is impossible, but, like, he works for the club, but I'm excited after listening to that inter- interview. But so. he's right. I mean, it, when he says, like, if you would have told me that I'd ever – see you know a Polito signing or a premier league defender and like we talked about that too man like this is this just feels crazy and and you know that first game that we saw i mean they're still getting into form and everything but i think these next two games dude one tonight if you're listening to this on wednesday i think there's going to be a little more fluidity to it and a little more uh urgency if you will for sure so uh, Crazy Kitman enough for joining us. That was fun. We'll have him again sometime, uh, you know, later in the season or somewhat to to do a follow up. Um, but I do want to touch on before we end for the episode. I know it's getting kind of long already, but one story that's kind of broken over the last day or so, especially or not broken but blown up. It broke a few days ago. Um, yeah. This story with the FC Cincinnati coach Ron Johns apparently saying racist things. The, um, he was put on leave from the club. 
then he claimed he was just singing along to a rap song and then more leaks kind of came out that was like well he also maybe said some insensitive remarks about slavery and then he resigned and then fc cincinnati on tuesday did a live press conference that for some reason they streamed live on their own website because they thought that they weren't going to make it worse which they absolutely did and it was their president and general manager talking and i just this apparently was something that they discovered in their investigation was a pattern of behavior that went back to incidents including last year that has continuously happened um and the excuse that the general manager for FC Cincinnati gave is, oh, well, he comes from the Netherlands. And so, like, in the context of, like, knowing his audience there and, and what's acceptable there, like, he just was used to that. And I'm just, like, my mind's blown. Like, how can you defend blatant racism by just saying, well, where he comes from, it's not that bad? Yeah, that's pretty weird. That's like saying, uh, oh, well, I had a black president, so I can uh, absolutely say that. My, my grandfather was a Nazi. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I just like it's it's not and FC Cincinnati fans, some of them are FC Cincinnati fans, some of them are people from the Netherlands who found this that are just swarming FC Cincinnati on social media and the MLS Players Association on social media and just bashing them for this decision to sort of part ways with Ron Johns. I'm just like you all you are all telling on yourselves. Like why are there so many white people who just want to say blatantly racist things and just continuously beg to say it? Like it's not that hard. Don't be a shitty person. Don't be racist. And the first one's tough period. sometimes. <laughs> but I just like FC Cincinnati was getting ratioed on Twitter when they put up the announcement that he left because people were mad. And I'm like this is a this is a no-brainer. He's gone. Yeah. Be gone. Bye. Be gone. So now I just want to kill FC Cincinnati when they come play us like 8,000 to zero. And <laughs> it's just like their president during the, the press conference, it was like one of those Southwest ads where like he it was just like, I want to get away. And it's just like his face looked absolutely terrible. And <laughs> one, one of the, uh, the media members asked some sort of question that was basically like, how did you mess this up so bad? And if it's been going on for a year, why did it take so long to address? And the president just like looked at the GM and was just like, I'm not answering that. You answer that. Like I'm out of here. <laughs> so it's just, it's bad. So that's interesting. Don't man, be racist. Oh man. Yeah. You, uh, if anyone has a minute, go pop over to, uh, Jimmy Max Twitter on t- Tuesday afternoon. Oh Cause gosh. that's all it was. <laughs> I was just so mad. Like, come on. Like it was just, it was honestly mind blowing. Like I was watching this press conference at work cause I was procrastinating and every single thing that came out of their mouths made the situation worse. And I was like, how can any public relations person, communications person, any club official stand by there and let this happen. And not only let it happen in front of the media, like be actively streaming it to the public on your own website. It just made everything so much worse. So, Oh my goodness. Anyway, at least we, uh, we don't have to deal with that at sporting KC. So that's a good thing. Yeah, we're good. At least we're, uh, at least they're not, ta- at least we're not uh, being publicly racist. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they're out there, but uh, keep that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, you know, one thing I love about, you know, SKC and, and the environment that's built at Children's Mercy Park, for the most part, I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but like it is a very, um, you know, welcoming environment for, for people who are traditionally, um, 
sort of subject to bigotry. So whether you know they're uh, of a different um, gender identity or sexual orientation or ethnicity or race or whatnot, like you know people who are traditionally discriminated against by many sectors of society are welcome in the Casey Cauldron. They're welcome in Children's Mercy Park, and I'm sure there's going to be people out there be like, yeah, but you know if we're a you know you have to be willing to listen to all sides. And if we don't agree with that, then you're not tolerant of us to which I say, well, if you're not tolerant of humanity, then I don't have to be tolerant of your views. So I just am proud to yeah. be part of a club that, that it welcomes those who are traditionally mistreated. So, uh, if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, off the soapbox now. Um, yeah, man, get off that thing. You're about to fall. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Thank you, Kit Man, for coming thank on. Thank you, with Kit us. Man. That was great. That was Dan. Dan got him to come on. Our expert guest booker, Dan. Uh, oh man, so. I should have just I should have just said to him, uh, "Hey, if you got any players that are like, hey, what were you doing on the phone last night?" And you're like, "Oh, I was on my favorite podcast, No Other Pod. You guys <laughs> should go on sometime. It was a blast." And they'll be like, "Oh, cool. Give me their number." That's probably something that should happen, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's 100% what's going to happen. Uh, oh, man, for sure. But anyway, I do love that he and Peter argue with each other sometimes about tactics. Oh, dude. <laughs> I just could totally see like him getting a call from Peter for me. He's like, uh, you're not taking the job? What the fuck's your problem? <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, I'll take the job. <laughs> okay, never mind. I'm here. I'm, I'm on my way. But, all, but also – Peter will listen to him and I'm like, yo, you're not even an assistant coach. And he, and he lets you give feedback. Like how cool is that? That's awesome. He just goes in and he's like, uh, you know, shallow, he's looking a little slow right now. You should probably take him out. <laughs> really? Why do you say that? Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he, Kitman sounds very intelligent. Um, oh, absolutely. He knows dude. the game. So he, he definitely from Montana though. I think I, I knew that. And I don't know what people do in Montana. I just assume it's a lot of horse riding. I mean, isn't a isn't a cowboy on their flag or something? I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't mean to hate. That might be. But Wyoming. I've just never been. But what would you do there? What uh, would you do in Wyoming or Montana? You walk outside and and you look at the lack of buildings that are there. Sounds pretty nice, really. <laughs> uh, Hell, you coming from L.A.? You were probably happy to be here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I see open skies here in, in Missouri. I don't even need to go to the big sky state of Montana. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you guys for, for sticking with us and listening this week. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. You can follow Dan at Dan Kuzer on Twitter. Follow me at JCMac03 on Twitter. Kitman uh, at Kitman SKC. Uh, make sure you leave a five star rating and review on uh, Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back next week with the first official Woo! season preview before we take on the Vancouver Whitecaps. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy, and we'll catch y'all later. See ya. Gotta get a It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com